the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became metahumanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called Shadowrunners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team said no thank you to combinatorial limited Johnson Mo Ashina, who hired them to frame PBA bureaucrat Vern Solex. Ashina sent her B team, who attempted to show the crew the error of their ways, with bullets. Two team members of B team died in that encounter, and their leader, a dwarf named Kit Kat, was read the riot act by Lux and Lash the next morning, driven one city block given three Gatorades, and offered a job. Mo Ashina exacted further revenge by draining the team's bank accounts, but in a meeting with everyone's favorite Eastern European chef, Yuri assured the team it had been taken care of and offered them a new job. Head to Highland Island and take care of a bug ghost. But first, visit his friend Irina in Midtown, who would give them a talisman needed for the job. Before leaving Yuri's, the team, unsure of if they even want this job given the threats of the many-armed man and Yuri's questionably violent past, Hector, a large, smoking hot minotaur, insists Yuri give them time to think. He says he'll send a fruit basket. We join the team now, back on the Mrs. Egg, as they dig in. Sure enough, you do see on the table there the most colorful, largest, most resplendent. Resplendent? Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Yes. Fruit basket that you have ever seen. How much beef is in it? Because <laughs> Viv is not going near it. Give be, shoot us straight, Mike. How much <laughs> beef is in it? Can you tell us what kind of fruits are in, in the fruit basket? There is one. No meat in the fruit basket. <gasps> okay. Wow, no As beef. promised. Wow. Ah, wow. uh, no land mammals. Um, you can see a whole bunch of bananas. There are several oranges, some kiwis, two mangoes. Those are very, very expensive. Wow. And a pineapple, which maybe none of you have ever seen before. Like a real one. Viv has. <laughs> That's true. Viv has seen a pineapple. Whoa, there's a soccer ball in this fruit basket. Don't kick any of this fruit. TK goes over and just uh, picks up a banana. He's like, protein. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't know what a banana is. It's really. wild. <laughs> it's <funny. laughs> um, but because DK says it with authority, and also he knows about like you know working out and and stuff, Lux takes that as as kind of fact, and he just kind of logs that away. It's like okay, that, but the yellow one's protein. Protein. Okay, protein. Okay. Lash also takes a banana because whoa gains. He, she knows about. <laughs> she, needs her she knows about it from TK. TK taught her uh, previously. I think there was a comment by TK saying, I'll teach you about gains later. That that has happened. <laughs> yeah. Is this it? Is this the teaching about gains? <laughs> no, I mean, you can't hit your uh, 
what is it? Uh, not ratios. Your your ratios? Is it ratios? You're looking at the wrong person, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Macronutrients. You can't hit your macros <laughs> with fruits. <laughs> Taylor, don't put your Taylor put his arms up in celebration. <laughs> Swish. So uh, is this is fade so, away? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess. Are you both trying to figure out how to eat it? No, no. Yeah, do you bite? Do you yeah, know do you to bite peel, the peel a banana? I think, I think he like he this holds is just it, balloons he, all he over again. He holds it sideways and just snaps it in half, and is like, "That's where the meat is." Oh. And then like Lux pulls up a half thing. a cheers. Uh, Lux does the same thing. Gabe is Gabe is at the kitchen table watching you fumble over all of the fruit, um, and he's just uh, drinking a soy calf in his. I think I said was it leopard print in his leopard print bathrobe, mm-hmm. and uh, he asks. Uh, he points at it and he says, "I assume this is from Yuri." Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not hungry. Listen, Gabe, I was thinking a lot about everything you said, and I had a long conversation with Yuri. These guys were here there too. Uh, and you know, I don't I, I understand what you're talking about. I don't know how I completely feel about him. I wanna believe him though. He says that the technomancers, he won't really talk about them, but he talks about it in a way where it sounds like he just kinda had to do it. Yeah, I mean I think that's his game. He makes you think he's the one in the, who's in the right, that he's your friend. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. Don't just, I'm not going to eat a banana. Uh, I love a mango, but, but I'm games. just, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to abstain. Uh, I don't, I don't need this in my life. Don't not take the job on my account. Just, you know, I'm going to keep an arm's distance. Let me know if you need help. I would love to help you. I don't want to help Yuri. I respect that. How's everybody feeling? You don't, none of you look good. Yeah. Y'all look tired. I'm pretty worse for wear. I tried my best, Viv. It's okay. Just need some rest. Yeah. Uh, Viv, I have some med kits coming on their way. They're being delivered. Um, so maybe I could hook you up with one of those when that happens. Uh, the other thing, too, um, Gabe, is that I don't know how much that red guy could do to us, really, without using illusions. But I don't know if I want to piss him off working with Yuri, a guy who I don't know if I want to work with. I mean, this is the business, right? Like you kind of, you're always stuck between a rock and a hard place. You got to, f- you got to figure out who you want to make your enemy uh, yeah. less. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Yuri or a many yard man, a rock and a hard place. The arms are pretty cool though. It was cool. I mean, it was, it was less cool when you were maybe dead, Gabe, but it's cool now. I like the crown. Can we talk about this for a second? Did he rifle through very specific memories of yours? For me, he was looking for the gun that we took from Jast. Oh. And I had given it away to the sea. Right. So in my mind, the thing he was looking for is gone. And most likely he's working with Jast. Possible. Seems right. I mean, if he was looking for the gun, and also how he, else would he know about it? He didn't ask me about a gun. What he asked what he ask you, you about? about? He told me that I was to never work with Yuri ever again. And I told him, if I had my way, that would exactly be the case. And I think he didn't know what to do after that. So he just started telling me a bunch of stuff about who he works for. I mean, it wasn't nice. He wasn't kind about it. But he was, like, warning me about stuff. Uh, you know. What did he say? What did he say about who he works for? I mean, he, he mentioned something about, uh, like, the seven. The seven? The seven. The seven. Shit. Sounds like samurai. Or seven other things. I don't know anything about a seven. Yeah, I don't either. <sighs> Something we have to look into. I mean, he yeah. did He did tell me that I was to never mess with Jast again, and I told him, I was like, I don't know. So I guess we could look on the Matrix. Yeah, so he works for a number. 
What else you say? <laughs> I mean, that's it. Then I got real sleepy and you came and found me. So he must have done something. So mm. he said, don't work with Yuri. Let's role play it. Ready? Okay. All right. I got it. Don't you ever work with Yuri That's again. not what his voice, that's not what his voice sounds like at all. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like thank you. Now. Okay. You play it then, Lux. Okay. Don't ever work with Yuri again. I, man, if I had my way, I would never. Anyway. You I ain't got to tell me twice. That's what a, good. I work for the seven. Uh, okay. What about the rest of you? Why are we role-playing this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know any information. I thought this we would gonna... maybe find out some more information. Gabe all of a sudden would be like, oh, yeah, I remember he also told me where he lives and what <laughs> I'm where he mad lives. about and what my weaknesses are. So Gabe should role-play the guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's try that way. I guess I we know. didn't specify, huh? What kind of hallucinogens were in the fruit? <laughs> right. Tell him now. <laughs> he ba- he basically warned me that if I were to mess with, that if I were to work with Yuri or if I were to mess with Jast, someone's going to be very mad. I don't know who they are. And then and then he did the mind thing to me. Yeah, I don't know. He probably didn't find anything very good. And then I came to tied to a chair. That's what happened. That's the long and short of it. All right. Okay. Anything else specific from anyone else's memories? All right. Well, I feel like... I'm in the clear because the gun is gone. And I have no intention of going back to Jast. Yeah, me neither. Um, well, the other thing is we effectively got Ashina off of Burns' back so we could go talk to him in the near future as well. Yeah, yeah so let's talk about what... Uh, this is Mike now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what your current open threads are. Yeah. So you guys just got back from Yuri's. He offered you a job to exterminate a bug ghost from a warehouse on Highland Island. But in order to do that, you need something uh, from his friend Irina in Grand Central Station. And it sounds like she's going to need something from you. You did manage, it seems, to get Mo Ashina. You know, Yuri said that he took care of her harassing you. Uh, You finished out her job when you got rid of B-Team. So you kind of have an open thread with Vern. Doesn't seem like he needs anything from you right now, but if you have questions for him or if you have ideas about, you know, things that you want to do with or for the police union, he is an open contact for you. As is Odina, uh, who seems like she's maybe too busy to continue messing with Vern anyway. Mm. She offered a kind of um, Lux you had offered. Maybe you two could work together. Yep. And she seemed to agree kind of uneasily because uh, you're criminals. But mm-hmm. like if you want to use her as a resource, her or her her practice or her big law computer, um, those things are available to you. Right. Um, you all also have uh, we had mentioned as we had mentioned earlier, karma to spend. Um, so you're kind of in open world mode at the moment. You can go any number of different ways. If you want to take some time to spend that karma and train some new skills, you can. Uh, If you want to go to any of your contacts, any of these people and advance any story, you can. So it's kind of up to you. Um, We'll consider this for the moment downtime for you to just figure stuff out. Uh, So Gabe is looking at you guys um, being, what is the phrase? No worse for wear? Worse having been worse for wear? What are, what are you trying to say? You know, like when people look bad. Uh, look, worse for wear. Yeah, he's worse, worse for wear. wear. You yeah. look worse for wear. Yeah. Yeah. So Gabe looks at you guys uh, looking worse for wear. And um, he's like, I mean, it seems like you guys got a lot on your plate. What are you going to, what's next? Luck says, uh, well, I want to go talk to Vern and see if he knows anything else about 
Evo and what the fuck they're doing with people's minds. Lux, why are you so concerned with Evo? Yeah, you won't shut up about it. Okay. I mean, it's cool with me. Um, well, uh, everybody could tell that Lux looks uncomfortable. Uh, and Lux says, I guess I should tell you what's going on. Lux puts his uh, banana down, which he snapped open, but it didn't look that appealing to him, all squished like that. TK um, picks it up. <laughs> and he kind of looks at the group and says, yeah, uh, guys, I um, I feel like I should be open about something uh, before we go and speak with Vern or Odina. Um, I used to be a doctor. Whoa, you? Med yeah, kids? like a like a medical doctor. Yeah, um, doctor. I, 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 um, I was a, a scientist and um, wow. had, had medical training, but I was a doctor and I worked. Wait, how old are you? Thirty-five, um, and I worked with um, my wife, um, wife, ex ex-wife, and it's you know where I I actually learned how to um, create. The prosthetics I create, um, as you guys know, people are very prejudiced against people with lower essence in the world. And so it's a very, uh, a very valued skill to be able to make people that have modifications or birth defects or anything like that look quote unquote normal. Um, it's a skill set I've used, obviously, but I did that with my wife and till she got a job with Evo. Oh. Oh. And after she got the job, which was, you know, we thought maybe going to be a great boon, she had to be very secretive about it. And I'm not saying it's connected to the people changing and things like that. I don't even know if she's involved with that. But I know that she had to be very secretive and very disconnected when we used to work together a lot. And within two months, she felt like a different person. And within six months, we were divorced. Do you know what, do you, do you know what happened to her? Uh, it was within two weeks after the divorce that I never saw her again and couldn't get in contact with her. Wow, Lux, when did this happen? Uh, this happened over 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. So I really have a um, problem with Evo. I really didn't, like, when I heard that they could be messing with people's minds or uh, that was a real trigger for me, and I immediately started thinking that's what happened to her, that's why she changed or I immediately started thinking that's what she was involved in and that's why she's a monster. And But I again, I don't know if any of that's true. I just want you to know that's why, that, or maybe that's why I can't let this go. Understood. TK goes over and hugs Lux. Give yourself an itch. Lux. Mm. I never knew you were married. You don't wear a wedding ring. Well, I guess you continue to wear a wedding ring. <laughs> No, After I nobody does that. Does nobody it's not do? like when you're pre when you're president and they have to keep calling you president. We we right. know what divorce is, right? Yeah. We don't know yeah. about balloons or bananas, but we no, know divorce. Lash does not yeah. know what divorce is. Um, I would be lying if I said a part of the reason I want why I want to know about what's going on with Evo is to find out if it has any connection. Does she? Uh, Gabe is wondering. Does mm -hmm. she? Does she live in the arcology? I don't know. Do you know what uh, what department she got hired into? Uh... Yeah, it had to do with medical science, body modification. Um, we were doing um, amazing things with uh, prosthetics and gene 
uh, implementation to various. So she could be anywhere in there. Yes. Is and this- TK also uh, right now feels feels very moved because uh, he, I think out of everyone in the group, has probably the lowest essence because of his very obvious cyber limb. When did you start shadow running? Well, I uh, didn't handle everything well, and I um, tried to find out what was going on, and I kind of was a man on a mission for a while, and then I kind of just had to accept that she was gone. Uh, I had a lot of access to skills and equipment that were very valuable for people. Um, I think my first job, I got paid more than I've made in a year just impersonating someone, Um, and that's when I... That was my way into becoming a face, and that's when it started, within a year after our divorce. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thanks for telling us. So anyway, uh, you know, if you guys want to do this Yuri job, then I know I'll be there with you, but um, I I don't want to make decisions for the team or speak for the team if you guys don't want to try to take on a one of the biggest corporations in the world. Um, you will not be punished by the game world or by the universe or the DMs for taking concurrent jobs and that um, there will be no rush for, like if you were to take a Yuri job, um, don't think of it as a binary. Taking a job with Yuri doesn't mean that things happen in e- with Evo that you will then miss out on. That's what I mean. And if you were to take, and if you were to go and focus on Evo stuff for a while, the Yuri job will, like he said, not go anywhere. So don't think of it as a binary choice, but I think you can think of it as like a, you know, what is the group interested in? What things do you want to pursue? What things do you want to pursue first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I think uh, TK is like um, definitely on Lux's side because, you know, they were roommates. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Yeah, yeah, Lash walks up to Lux and says, Listen, Lux, you've been like a dad to me. You know that, right? An uncle, a dad uncle. So you left me with your dad for hours at Thanksgiving, so I could see why you would feel that way about me. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) You've been like my shadow run dad uncle. Thank you. I even wrote in my diary. Okay. Lux is my Shadowrun dad uncle. Anyway. That means a lot, Lash. I'm here to tell you that if there's a question that you need answered, I'm going to be there 100% behind you answering that question for my dad uncle. Whatever it is, Viv pats the uh, her back. You have my axe. No one gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That reference is a hundred years old. <laughs> as old as Bib. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe has been listening intently as Lux has been describing this story. And uh, he n- nods a little bit and says, well, that's heavy, man. Uh, I mean, that's one I can help with. Uh, you let me know if there's anything I can do as far as Evo is concerned. I don't know anyone there, but, you know, you guys know what I'm good at. Thanks. Dr- drones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Drones are kind of work. Yeah, and look, drones are kind of work. And looking great, Gabe. Hey. <laughs> Takes one to know one. Oh. Takes seeing one to see we, great minds. Th- never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TK's just thinking, thinking back to the drone. Just like the fucking rickety drone. <laughs> it, was the yeah. be- it was the best I could do on short notice. It was yeah. very short notice. And uh, and he, he sort of cringes a little. He's um he's he he's remembering part of the fight. Hey, guys. Uh, 
Do you know what happened? What I, I I feel like I sort of blacked out when that drone thing happened. What I just remember waking up and seeing Lux. I think what what happened. Oh, uh, you don't know what happened. I uh, no, I don't. I I can't. I uh, I can't remember. I just I just yeah. I just remember running, and then that was it. Well, uh, TK, you you lost it, and um, what happened? She she was shooting you with bullets. And they were hitting you, but it didn't look like you felt them. And then you stopped her from shooting you by punching her a lot. Repeatedly. And um, TK, if you could roll a logic plus will test for me. We were all really worried. Foreheads. I'm sorry. Um, You... As Lux is describing this to you, it's almost like electrical shocks. You get these really violent flashes of images from last night where you can almost feel the mud underneath your knees and the rainwater soaking up through your pants. And you can feel how your abdomen is really warm and your shirt is getting wet. And you can feel, again, your fists are aching and you get just one image of you just clocking sunshine directly in the chin, leveling her, knocking her out, and then another flash that's you straddling her and just punching her in the jaw, and then another flash that's someone just picking you up and bringing you into the Mrs. Egg, and it's like every time one of these images hits you, it's like it's like being dunked with, in cold water. Uh, TK is just clutching his head and... Uh, I think I have to go lie down. And he just, he goes back to his room and lies on his bed, trying not to think about it and still remembering things. And he's, he's like curled up in the fetal position, just racked with like guilt and anxiety. And he's not sure what to do. I think we should give him some time. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Viv. Viv, how are you doing? I also need to take some time. She, like, coughs up a little bit. <laughs> it's a little pinky, like, pinky spit on her Is hand. Is that kelp in there? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I try to eat it for nutrition. Oh, Viv, you need to rest. I, I shall. I shall. I haven't seen you this way since that battle in the museum. Well, dear, that dart didn't help. And she leaves oh, the room. Oh, Yeah. Ugh, I forgot. I hit Viv with a dart. Yeah. It I'm going to work even... on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. You definitely should. Let me know if you go to my condo to work on it, because I'm what? curious as if, if that's still happening there. No, I never went to. What? You could. Lash is obviously lying. <laughs> yeah. You what? Yeah. Remember when you, with Rick Jones in my condo that he was using? No. Yeah, I did that. I'm sorry. I know you told me not to go. Right. Well, maybe <laughs> next time you bring out your blowgun. Yeah. Make sure that no none of us are around. Sure. Maybe we could all get in the car first. Okay. And then you could use it. Like go somewhere where no, just you guys aren't around? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so as the conversation has progressed, people have started 
sort of peeling off. Lux is kind of in his own world, you know, considering the possibilities that lay before the team. TK needs to take a moment and sort of gather his thoughts. Bijan, I'm very sorry that you rolled really, really well on a memory <laughs> test. Yeah, I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Oh, no. Um, I mean, it's probably for the best. Uh, Viv is going to go tend to her wounds and maybe go float in the ocean for a little while. I don't know what's, uh, whatever Lash is going to do this afternoon, kick a soccer ball against the wall. Um, I think she's going to, well, it depends if we're going to karma. Well, I guess that's the question. In the longer run, what is the thing that you as players and characters want to do next? You have the options that I laid out in front of you. Mm. Yuri, Vern, Odina, and, Kar- uh, and Karma. Well, spin karma before uh, yeah, we do anything else. Yeah, we'll be better at it. We'll be yeah. better. Yeah. But okay. also, it feels like I mean, it feels like we've we've sort of hit like a a natural sort of pause in the story. And if you need to train some things over a couple days, you can do that right now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, the way that we do karma is going to be different from now on. Um, we are going to have another conversation where we get into the real nitty gritty, all the details, and we also talk about house rules that we are going to instantiate from this point forward. We're going to do that in a recording that will be for Oh My Patrons Only. So, we're going to take a quick break right now. We are going to have that conversation and release it on our Patreon feed. And then when we come back from it, uh, we are going to summarize everything that we decided in that long conversation. So we're going to put some intermission music right here and we'll see you in a minute. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, So let's do a quick wrap up of everything that we just decided in our house rules and our karma spending conversation. I think the big house rules to talk about are we're going to start doing exploding sixes, which means every time you roll a six as a hit, you will re-roll it. We are going to have a mandatory one drain cost, one stun damage or physical damage cost for casting spells. So even if Viv or any other magic user fully resists their drain, they're still going to take one box of damage minimum. Um, We're also not going to have any penalties for running silent, uh, which is when a decker is hiding from sight. Um, They can do something called running silent, and that incurs uh, up until this moment a minus two dice pool penalty. So we're going to nix that. We're changing the way that marks work. Um, Previously, in order to get three marks, you would have to roll three times, roll three tests, or take a minus ten dice pool penalty on one test, and now we're changing it to an opposed test. So So um, if TK, for instance, wants to get a mark on something, he will roll, the system will roll against him. And if he gets two net hits, he gets two marks. If he gets three net hits, he gets three marks and so on and so forth. Uh, We've also changed the way that med kits work. Um, That's kind of a more complicated one. So we'll just talk about that the next time we get to it. And we are restricting the total number of edge usages uh, to two per game session. Uh, So that means that every time we sit at the table, we will allow uh, edge to be spent to re-roll a dice pool only twice. Uh, So that means that it becomes a little bit more of a serious thing to roll an edge and we'll have to negotiate about it. Um, 
I think those are, are those the, those are the really big ones, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, as always, if you have access to the world's documents, you can go and see all of the house rules um, that are in effect. Uh, and those are things that patrons have access to. Now, let's go around the table and talk about what skills you guys trained and how you spent your karma. Lux just nursed his wounds and thought about his feelings. Yeah, and ate fruit. And ate fruit. By s- snapping it in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we eat bananas now. Uh, TK is, he takes, he's... He's really haunted by what happened with Sunshine because he, you know, it's still coming back to him and coming back to him in flashes. And uh, he gets like as a way to cope, he gets really into reading forum posts about coding. Like he, he's like, I need to become a better hacker. The Moashna stuff has really bothered me. She took some of my stuff. So basically, he's like, he's been scrolling forums, GitHub, watching like video tutorials. He's he's just he's trying to escape his sadness by learning something. So he he worked on his hacking skill. And also, shopping online, it's late at night, he <laughs> saw something called a grapple hand, and he was like, I need that. You're going to have that drone delivered to the- Drone delivered to the To the, boat, the Mrs. Egg. <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, so he, he, he has a, now, now his hand is a grappling hook. I'm going to assume that over a long enough time span, you would roll high enough on the hardware threshold test to install your own grapple hand. He does have a fairly high hardware skill. Okay, I'm not going to make you roll for it then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How does it feel having a grapple hand now? I I think he's like... Does it feel any different or is it... You know, I I, I think he hasn't really tried it out that much because he's he's been mostly like typing away. He knows it feels feels a little bit different. Um... But I mean, he's because he, he was very used to his old his old hand. So it still has five digits. It still yeah, looks like hand. your it's old hand, except for the wrist it can pop out and fly at high speed at the at wrist, high speed at the and, wrist, and grab onto something. Yes, yes, and it could support your whole body weight. Does it uh, have a pull force to it? I, you know, I haven't. He hasn't tested it out yet. Okay, I uh, think that's up to the GM. He ordered it online. Yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say that it is strong enough to carry. TK and not an additional body. Okay. You can probably be carrying some things, but there will yeah. be a limit to the amount of weight. I can't wait to say go go get. No, I'm not going to say that because that's copyrighted. <laughs> don't, that's don't. copyrighted. But he's gonna he's gonna have some. I think he's he's like testing it. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's told anybody yet. Like any oh, that's a that's a fun, fun thing to that's lay on think, him. I think he's yeah. I think he's I think he's just like you know like he's been he's been hiding in his room like alone and he got something delivered by a drone nobody knows what it is what's the spool on this bad boy how long does the the cord let it go that is a very good question hold on let me see because if it's like 20 feet or is it like a hundred feet it doesn't actually say it just says i'm gonna say it's 90 feet nice shit yeah (laughs) that's nine stories of grappling hell yeah maybe that's too high Nah. I like it. <laughs> nah. TK needs this. <laughs> how how much how much line is ninety feet of like monofilament essentially? Because it would be a very skinny. Ninety feet of monofilament. It wouldn't mono, be monofilament, wouldn't be but it would be like a very skinny. Yeah. Like your lash has a, ma- a manual grappling, grappling yes. hook, right? And how long is that rope? Does it say it would be the same? I don't know. It's either ninety or sixty feet. I have. I don't, I didn't write it down. I mean, it also may not have. I don't, and I have a stealth rope as well that's invincible. Stealth rope. In, an yeah, invincible rope? It would be a stealth it's rope. It's an invincible rope. You can't cut yeah, it. Yeah, let's actually, I um, I take it back. Uh, <laughs> no! Yeah, takes these takes backsies. Takes these backsies. So I'm going to say 60 feet. 60 feet. That's cool. Yes, still far. That's still, still far. Still really far. Six stories? Yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't told anybody yet, but he's been sort of like, 
He's been like, <laughs> he's it? been shooting it like in his room, just sort of. I guess <laughs> you're probably hearing like, yes. like occasional thunks coming from. <laughs> 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 and then, a, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to make that noise, but Mike, you can put it in post. Uh, yeah. All right. What did everybody else get up to? Viv Lash. Okay, Viv is <laughs> doing. She's doing an old home remedy <laughs> because she's very injured still. She's sitting in a chair with her feet in the bucket full of hot salt water <laughs> and uh, just uh, rocking back and forth a prayer over and over again. Heavenly Mother Almighty Sea Lady Mara Most High, I'm using water to wash myself and drink and live. I just want to thank you for this precious gift. I bless water in your name and ask you to bless it one more so we may continue to enjoy this gift. Please, Mother Mara. <laughs> so she's just like rocking back and forth, hoping to cleanse the injury from her body. And the water that her feet is touching in the bucket starts to turn black. Ooh. Ooh. And Viv also uses some of her downtime to enhance her axe wielding skills yes yes uh she asks artemis for the best axe training videos online and in the matrix and she lands on greg axman's virtual reality training session uh, what was it called again i think you'll have to listen to the uh <laughs> yeah. karma session to find out it was gregory axman's <laughs> ask me no questions i will ask you no lies or not we're giving it away <laughs> <laughs> It's the Jubilee here at Fun City. Uh, so Viv is now slightly better at swinging her axe. Yes. And your certificate's in the mail. Could arrive any second. Oh. By drone. Sure enough, at this very second. <gasps> while she is sunbathing. A drone flies in through the side window and deposits a small envelope in the middle of the mirage and then flies out. Y'all got to make your security uh, a little tighter around those, those portal windows. Lash? Lash walks back into her room. She's thinking about uh, the last thing Viv said to her, which was basically uh, kind of like a nudge at her about how she essentially blow blow darted Viv, um, and it caused her a lot of damage. So, or it hurt her a lot. So she decides, okay. I got to get a little bit better at this blow dart. I thought I thought that once I did the training session, I'd be fine. I'd be able to do it. I mean, how hard could it be? You just blow on the freaking tube and the dart comes out. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So as she didn't pay, really pay attention to Rick Jones's training session, she decides to go and look back on the notes. And so she looks through them and uh, essentially trains to get a little bit better, just a little bit better at that blow dart gun. Just a little bit. Lash hits the books. She hits the books. And she succeeds Was at she getting, at getting a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, she didn't... Did you say... T sorry. Nothing. I mean... <laughs> it was dumb. <laughs> I said, was she aiming at the books? <laughs> oh, boom. Burn. You got it. So she, you know, she didn't... Um, she didn't read every page of the book, but she read like the beginning of every chapter. The most important part. Yeah, the first, the first page. Listen, I got a lot of books that I tell people I've read that I've only read the intro in the first chapter. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, 
There's a lot in there. Yeah. It's, it's His name summary. is Ishmael. Oh, I get it. Jeez. Yeah, we get it. Whales. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's a little bit better at it now. So before you guys make your next big move, is there any additional stuff that you want to purchase or go out and get other than a grapple arm or grapple hand? Um, are there other things that you need yes. or want to purchase? Yes. Uh, TK wants to buy a, a mini welder. Because he, cause he like was thinking about the the fucking the door that was locked that we couldn't get through. Uh, because this the mini welder is like a very it's like a small welder that can run for like thirty minutes on a fuel canister, but it's like damage value against barriers is twenty five. Um, yeah. So like he doesn't he doesn't want a door incident again. He just wants to like be able to cut around a lock and push something open. All right. Um, he also wants to buy a jammer. Like a comms jammer. Uh, Comm jammer, yeah. With a rating of like four, probably. Because they're pretty cheap. Uh, I think he was uh, he was browsing online, as you do, and was like, hmm. Criminalgoods.org. Criminalgoods.org slash vehicle modifications. And I was, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a modification that could turn Henley into a hovercraft. And I was mm. really, really thinking hard about that one. Oh. You could also give him legs. <laughs> Ew. Should I give the car legs? The essence of the car would go down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I'm I'm sure that it is mechanical legs, but my brain yes. just immediately went to going to the store style bendy flesh legs. I, I think I'm going to get Henley the legs. I think I've decided that. Oh, it's God. like one of those toy stories. Um, He's not going to. TK's not going to tell you. Like, it's just. It, it's just going to happen in battle one day. Battle. So legs for the car. A jammer and a welder. You take Henley the Bentley to the mechanic that you go to um, that's around the corner, and they weirdly have all of those parts in stock. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's weird. The leg thing has been real popular this season. <laughs> Everybody really is uh, a lot of, you. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. You see it once, and then you feel like you start to see it everywhere. I feel like everybody's putting legs on their car this year. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> uh, you you see uh, you see a Porsche um, very literally step off the lot. When you have a port, when you have a Bentley going 60 miles an hour <laughs> with legs, it, it how it how sounds so it wait, sounds wanna, like a Charlie Chaplin sketch. Wanna, how smooth is the ride? Well, is wanna, this like wanna, riding a, a a horse now? Like everybody inside is being jostled, or is it wanna, they have do you hear gyros? About, do you want to hear about this? Okay, oh, <laughs> no, I kind of don't, but. Uh. For truly exceptional demanding terrain, some riggers install a walker system of secondary propulsion on their vehicles. Using a variable number, four to eight as needed, of retractable mechanical legs, the vehicle can deploy the system to give the vehicle the versatility oh. and mobility of a walker. So it doesn't always use them, but it, they no, can no, pop no. out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's okay. like a Boston so, Dynamics. Yes. Okay. So when deployed, Machine. the body of the vehicle is lifted about a meter off the ground to provide clearance like for the terrain, this. with each leg able to move backwards or forwards independently to provide a walking action. Interesting. You chose eight legs, right? Yeah. 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 Right, so now your car can run upstairs. <laughs> okay, here's how would you feel about this? I'm going to uh I'm going to let you do this, but I'm going to incur a slight cost. Oh god. Which is that in order to use this, Gabe needs to be remotely piloting the yeah, car. Yeah, that, that seems fair. Cuz it's cuz okay. it's complicated and Henley the Bentley doesn't have the computer system on him to use this yeah. without okay. help. So the, it, yeah, so it's highly maneuverable, but, but its speed is severely limited. When using the walker mode of secondary secondary propulsion, the vehicle, whatever uses whatever stats. I can't imagine what you're gonna use. But it, it has the basic maneuverability of a meta human, meaning it, would, it can stop instantly. Can I? Can I make on the spot? I mean, not to add more time to a thing where I was like, hopefully we can do this quickly. <laughs> but like, does it not make more sense to turn Henley 
into more of a boat. Oh, you know what? That's a better idea. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. No, give it's up gotta be both. It's got to be both. Nah, we'll just do, we'll do submersible. That's okay. it. It's like, it's easy. It's submersible? Do both. I mean, you could surely. Yeah, do we both. have. We have legs. You got. Give me the full chitty chitty bang bang, Doc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I wonder how much this is gonna cost. But TK has like seventy thousand fucking new yen. He's not using. There you go. Legs, Paul. <laughs> uh, your your, your Italian mechanic is extremely into all of this. Yes. Um. Anybody else need to buy any supplies? Yes. Viv doesn't like to go shopping. <laughs> She also doesn't really wear this. She wears the. She was wearing the same outfit for years, and now. R.I.P. The caftan. Yeah. So where is it that you go shopping? Is it Soho? <laughs> she asks Artemis, "Where is it that you go shopping Online. in person?" Well, she's an elf, and so uh, I think she wants to find like elven vendors. Yeah, tall. Yeah, tall, skinny lady stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, this is gonna. Would it be in Soho? Accessing, cross-referencing mercantile database. I think you're looking for Vandermeers. Vandermeer? Vandermeers is a three-story by three-story by three-story department store on top of the superstructure. I mean, everything's on top of the, on the superstructure. No, so. there's something's done under it. Oh, yeah, but you, no one goes there. Well, I, I, yes, I know. Oh, okay. Are you arguing? <laughs> is God arguing with Artemis again? <laughs> got it, got it. Please reboot me. I can hear and fight with God. <laughs> oh, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Artemis is going to put herself in a little stone room off the cops of some little <laughs> British church and only accept food through a tiny hole once a year. Oh, I've been reading a lot about the Anchorites recently, uh, folks. <laughs> Look it up. Bye. Anchorites. <clears throat> right, Vandermeers. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Viv heads over to Vandermeers. Uh, I can call ahead and let them know you'll be coming. Oh, no need. There is actually very much of a need. Um, you go in when you get into Vandermeers, you realize why, and it is that you are assigned is that every um guest is assigned a personal shopper. <sighs> uh, so there is um, I think because Artemis called ahead and gave your relevant details. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think that what's the name of the elf liquor? Oh, uh, ten, ten jelly, ten jelly, ten jelly, ten, something like that. Ten and ten and jail. Yeah, I think they have a, a champagne flute of this um, when, waiting for her. Uh, when you get in, there is a similarly um, not quite as old as Viv, but a uh, um, experienced, let's say, tall, skinny elfin woman, and she has a tray on her hand, uh, and on it, in it is a small crystal glass full of a golden liquid, and you get, as you get closer, you get a sniff of it, a, a waft comes in your direction, and you can smell honey liquor and cardamom uh, and a little bit of anise, and it is the ceremonial drink of elves. Uh, you would be very familiar with it. Um, and she welcomes you, and she's like, welcome to Vandermeer's. And uh, Viv just answers in the elven language. Gosh, she can speak it. Cordelia, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but she, she knows, she's, she's like uncomfortable because she hasn't been in a store like this for many decades. And she's visibly dirty from living on the boat. <laughs> and so she knows she's like leaving a trail as she walks into this place barefoot. Uh, so what does Viv leave with? Viv uh, leaves with, because she's burned all over her body, um, she actually starts wants to, she wants to start covering her, her body and get armor because she's been mostly unprotected this whole time. Uh, she has waterproof boots, 
um, matching fish scale breeches, and Vashon Island steampunk red-black corset with billowy white sleeves. Whoa. Which is a plus 10 armor, plus one charisma. Wow. That seems cool as hell. Because Uh, Viv doesn't have any charisma. (laughs) And I imagine you will pay a hefty price for these things. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Anyone else? Lash? Uh, Lash would like to buy uh, some darts. Okay. You get some darts from your dart guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else. You don't want nothing else. (laughs) You know, she's been looking into how she can kind of make her own darts and put some drug uh, in the darts because the, with the standard darts you can get your narcojet with, with with narcojet you want to make drug. a Gatorade dart don't you but I want to make a Gatorade <laughs> dart and I dart all my friends and they hate it but I say and that's a Gatorade way baby <laughs> uh, I think what you say is it's in you oh, oh no we never say here. that <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, what kind of darts do you get um I get um, three gamma scopolo darts. Those are the ones that will knock someone out, and then when they wake up, they can only tell the truth. Yes, but after an hour. So yep. it's like one of those drugs that you probably, um, if we're kidnapping someone, we would maybe use because, uh, yeah, it would take a while. And then we get three narcojack because those are, that's just like. That's just knocking someone out. That's just knocking someone out. It's a neuromuscular agent. Yeah. Okay, you got it. You have those. Cool. Uh, your dark guy is happy to see you, but wishes that you would, uh, you know, at least ask him how his day is going. Okay, bye! <laughs> Everybody has everything that they need? Yep. TK just spent like 40,000 million. Does the car both float and run yes, now? Okay, great. Yes, it does. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. Uh, Gabe, I didn't, be happy that I didn't get the rocket boost. Why would I be happy that you didn't get a rocket boost? Gabe will spend some time installing the necessary software on Henley. He, because of his background, he will be able to install all the necessary autosofts for it to pilot itself as a boat around the Brooklyn Archipelago and surrounding area. Uh, But yeah, if you want to have it run on legs through rough terrain, he will have to pilot the car um, either while in it or from afar. TK is like, hey, guys, I got something to show you. Been working on Henley, but I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you can't wait to see it. Well. And then he just walks he walks out of the room. <laughs> All right. Now you guys are at the point where it's time to decide the next thing that you want to do. Just to review, your choices were Yuri gave you a job uh, to go clear out a bug ghost, but you got to talk to his friend Irina first. There is an open relationship with Vern, who has not asked anything of you, but you seem to be curious about what he could help you accomplish as far as learning things about Evo. And then there is an open relationship with Odina, who is a resource for you if there are things that you think her skills would be useful for. I think I'm healed up enough. Uh, are, are we ready to start working again? I'm so excited to get working again. And I had a dream last night about a giant tarantula. But this tarantula was a ghost. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I think that's a sign. In I, didn't re- I didn't really have this dream. I this is me trying to tell you guys. Lash, right, Lash, right. you know, you know that like in magical shit, dreams, dreams, you know, like as as a magical person myself, I know that dreams mean stuff. Yeah, but I kind of just wanted to say it to signal to you guys that I wanted to go mess with some bug ghosts. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I'm down. Um, if you guys aren't afraid of the mini-arm man and have no misgivings about working with Yuri, I'm with you. I mean, I think we should just do it anyway. He sent us a nice basket. 
Yeah, I, what I'm thinking about the Money Yard Man, this is what I'm thinking. I did not like him at first. Then we saw that. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> it's 180 on the guy. <laughs> listen, this is a real lash take. <laughs> listen, I did not like him at first, but now I'm thinking about him. You're I'm not like, supposed to like him now, Lash. I'm gonna, Lash, what? Lash, give yourself an edge for just being <laughs> unpersuadable in the fact that everybody is good. Yeah. Listen, he didn't do anything bad to us. He could have, it seemed like. And he didn't. He just scared us a little bit. Like, we've never scared someone by sending a many-armed man (laughs) to go get them and, you know. In other words, intimidation is a tactic we use. Exactly. He was just doing his job. True. All right. Well, before we disobey this guy, Mm. should we at least search um, what the seven is? Does anybody, have you guys pulled up anything on that? You know, I'm not great oh, with that. Yeah, it was busy in my room. I can look now. Okay. Last, did you? Oh, I, I did not look it up either. Nobody was curious about the, uh, well, the we seven. Were, we were busy. I okay. I was doing stuff. Listen, I saw Lash doing okay. stuff. Lux, you have a computer. You, you also, have, you could okay, ask This is what I could do. This is what I could do. All right. Watch this. Okay. Just, just so you know, Artemis. Hello, Lux. Hey, Artemis, can you, do you have any information on the Seven? It's probably a criminal enterprise or something. Matrix searching for the Seven. The only thing that Artemis can find is a Korean boy band from the 2050s. I found a Korean boy band from the 2050s. Would you like me to add them to your weekly playlist? Yes. No. Yes. I've already got it on the weekly playlist. All the right. Seven I thought... has been added to your weekly yes! playlist. Would you like me to replace these tracks or add them in addition to the tracks you already have on this playlist by the seven? Don't. I, I've already got all of their albums in my weekly playlist because I songs doubled. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. That's what I could do, guys. All right. That's it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I thought there might be clues about the seven, like they were named after the. It, there's not. They sing Lux, about three things. What? Do you want me to try it? Do you want me to look for Please it? Please do. Listen, Lux. We still don't know for sure. He could have worked for this band. He couldn't have worked for the band. All right. <laughs> he could have worked for this. I was alive then. They sing about a large, juicy pear suite that they all share. <laughs> they sing about dancing with their best girls. It's like a it's like a, a doo-wop revival kind of K-pop band. I, it's it's nothing that has to do with anything. I promise. I listen to all their songs and some of them I like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I only got one hit on that that Matrix search so do Well, the, yeah, I mean this Korean boy band has a lock on any search terms for The 7. Guess we, uh, I, so I just, I just looked, um. If Lash, you want to roll computer plus intuition, I could, you, so, if you'd. Sounds like a, sounds like a boy band to me. You all look at your weekly discovered playlist and it's just the seven. <laughs> and looking at the photo. <laughs> it's uh, like mindset energy. No, you're Yeah, I got one hit. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. And looking at the photo on your, your playlist, it's weird. It looks like there's nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not seven. <sighs> <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking. There's nine of them, all right? But they never, they don't count the drummer. And the other one is just their PR guy. Wait, do you work for the seven? No, I just know everything about them. All right? Because I was trying to help do some of the, pick up some of the slack on like the research stuff. Thanks for, we, I appreciate it. (sighs) Uh, Meanwhile, while they were all bickering, uh, Viv uh, felt some energy in her pocket and uh, remembered, she forgot about them for a while. Karen's rings and um, usually they're supposed to disengage when someone passes out uh, so she decides to sense them in her hand you know while everybody's talking 
And uh, she got two hits. Roll one more ascents. Mm-hmm. Three hits. One of these is a masking foci, the mm-hmm. silver one. Mm-hmm. One of them is silver, and one of them is silver with a red stone in it. The one that is silver is a masking foci. You don't know what level, but a masking foci is what you use to hide your astral signature from other people. Right. So this defeats someone else's ascensing test um, to a level that you are not sure. The other one, uh, the red one, is a power foci, which is a focus that you use to momentarily increase your magic rating. You, again, do not know what level it is, but what you do know is that you are a little scared of it. It, when you look at it, even the slight just movements of your hand as you're holding it, you can see that it leaves a, a ghostly trail and you can feel that it's, again, it's a similar feeling. Even though you're looking at it in your hand and you know it's not going anywhere, it just feels like it's hard to hold on to. You're worried that you're going to drop it or you're worried that something's going to happen. You can't really tell, but it just feels very strange. Yeah, Viv is spooked because she knows she hasn't had one for years. But foci are are bound specifically to that person. They have their own specific signature and it costs a lot to have them and to bound them to you. Is it weird that this person was melted and died and they still radiate? Or is that just like... I think that just might be the nature of it. But they are technically disengaged. Okay. Yeah, like they were, yeah, like they were his. They're off right now. But now yeah. that he no longer exists, they're not his anymore. Yeah, and like they still are, they still are themselves. Yeah. And you could artifice them such that they work for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, like if you were to put them on, I actually don't know what would happen. It would feel <laughs> like putting on the wrong pair of pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. We've all done that. Kind of. What's the right pair of pants? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't like pants in general. No. So it sounds like you guys are going to go visit Irina. Yes. Um, yes. How does that feel with regards to Lux's concerns about Evo? Are we going to like, are we going to sort of like take care of the short term job and then maybe check in on the big stuff? Or maybe like you, well, you thread them, like see what the deal with Arena is, decide what yeah. you want to do. We can also like just get in touch with Vern again and just see what's going on. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's a rush. I just want to make sure that I, from a planning perspective, yeah. understand what yeah. what it is that you are interested it, in. It might take a look. I mean, the, the thing, the job that he had for us was to get her to stop being on his case. So if she's off of it for a day, he might not consider the job, the favor done for him because he's like, yeah, there's been plenty of days where she hasn't bugged me. But if what's the satisfying prolonged period where she's off his case? So it may be a little bit of a waiting game before he's even okay with us moving to the next step with them. So like mm-hmm. I could send him a message and be like, Vern, I think I believe we took care of the problem. Let us know when you feel like our the favor's been completed or something like that. So yeah. we might be a, yeah. a waiting game there. Yeah, that seems um, fine. And also it's yeah. I, I'm thinking of them like like uh this is the monster of the week thing where mm-hmm. we go kill a bug. Yeah. And also the the overarching the overarching plot is like the Sure. The so, it, so A plot, B plot kind of sure, thing. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, we're definitely not leaving it behind. Yeah, yeah. It's very pressing on our minds. Okay. Also, you can learn more about the rings. Yeah. So that the bucket that Viv had... <laughs> <laughs> the bucket that Viv had been soaking her feet in, um, she had purified it and uh, filled 
four uh, four tiny glass bottles and tied little leather uh, necklaces around all of them and corked them. And uh, she brought them to Gabe, TK, Lux, and Lash. And she said, and she says, keep these with you at all times. Why? why? It's salt water. Why is it a weird color? Never you mind. (laughs) Uh, Gabe starts to open it up. Do not open that. There may be a time when you need that. Thanks. Wow. Just consider uh, this my protection over you. Oh, so it's not seasoning. No. (laughs) This is not to be consumed. There's salt in it. And you didn't pee in four bottles for us. Not this time. Okay. <laughs> is there like a lanyard on it or yep. is it? Okay. It just got a little leather stringy. Nice. You can keep it wherever you want. Lash but... puts it on and tucks it underneath her shirt. Uh, yeah, Gabe, Gabe puts it around his neck. So does Lux. So does TK. Although TK realizes when he's doing this, he needs a chain. <laughs> yeah, TK definitely needs like a big Cuban chain. This is great, Viv. Like and as you're saying that, it. Viv is just quietly like muttering to herself. <laughs> I've been thinking of making Gatorade <laughs> necklaces for you all as well. Next time you have karma to spend, maybe you should spend it on a knowledge skill for <laughs> ancient soft drinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You guys ready to go to Grand Central Station? Can we take You realize now that you have a car that has spider legs and <laughs> amphibious capability, you can just... Yeah. You can drive to the river, spider leg down the rocks, <laughs> yeah. in the river, cross the river, spider leg up the okay. rocks, car again. Do you want to try that? It's freaking rules. The s- but they don't know about it yet. Um, yeah, if you want to if you want to tr- climb the side of the soup, go into the water <laughs> at the pier and then climb the side of the superstructure. Wait, no. Can oh, I can I uh, before we get into Henley, can I can I make Gabe like have it climb out of the water? Yeah, sure. Like, oh my <laughs> god. He would be so into that. Like, oh, okay. Gabe, Gabe right. can, I, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, yeah, what's up? Are you all ready to go? Mont- yeah. Montage, montage of the two of them scheming walk, together. Walk, we walk outside. We are outside by like where Henley's parked. Can you make Henley go in the water? I want to. I wanted to make a dramatic entrance. Absolutely. I yeah. I had a great time installing all the software that I have. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we can make it do kind of whatever you want now. So TK, TK, TK gets in the car and is like, "All right, take me down." Okay. Uh, and Gabe uh, pulls out his rigor command console and plugs in his universal data jack. And then you feel the car wiggle a little bit and then stand up. Oh, God. <laughs> and it waddles from the parking lot down the pier and then crawls onto the rocks and then into the water. And you feel a slight little buoy as it starts to float. Well, I think it's. I think it has. It's a submersible, so it's it can oh, go so it, underwater. Oh, really? And it has water jets to power it. Uh, so you um you hear the legs retract, and then you see the water line rise in the window as it fully submerges. <laughs> and then I I, I said uh, you hear the oxygen recirculator click on as soon as you are fully under underwater. I just welcome I'm, TK playing your new Discover Weekly playlist. Hell yeah! This is the seven with Ooh Mmm Gangetta, my best girl. I'm gonna get up, my best girl. <laughs> TK sends a calm message to the team. He's like, "All right, meet me outside." <laughs> uh, when you guys go outside, you see nothing for several seconds, uh, except you see Gabe turn around with his command console cradled in one arm, and he's got a big, stupid grin on his face. <laughs> Viv is like tapping her 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 calm, like, "Where's TK? Did I break this thing?" You and s- then you hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. <laughs> what? 
muffled as it comes up from the water. You see a bunch of bubbles, and as they pop, it's like notes of the seven being released (laughs) from the depths of the river. Uh, And there is the familiar sight of Henley the Bentley in the last couple days, completely changed, completely modified to now be a submersible vehicle. Uh, And uh, this would be enough to surprise you until you also see some legs spring out of the front of its chassis as it climbs up the rocky side uh, that is, uh, you know, 200 yards or so away from the pier and the monuments. Um, And you can see TK in the interior waving excitedly. He rolls down the window and says, what's up, guys? Lash runs over to give TK the ultimate fist bump. (laughs) Lux has a little bit of unease looking at the water in general, and so when he saw, you know... The surface break, it, it, it felt like a, a monster coming up and in that moment. And, uh, you know, the legs didn't help. Um, <laughs> it's like a bad guy from Wild Wild West. <laughs> uh, kind of a Ooh, kind not of a, a compliment. Uh, it's got eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's deeply hurt. That's a great um, movie. And, uh, that movie and good. Uh, but but when he realizes it's not a monster, he's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> now this is something nice, and uh, he's really proud of TK. <laughs> Maybe a little scared at the prospect of having to submerge in water in yeah, it in the future. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is that in the back of his mind. But yes, he's he does think it's very cool that this happened so quickly. And then TK looks at Vim and is like, "Yeah." Vim was had her hand on the hilt of her uh, axe, like she really thought it was something going to attack them. Uh, but she relaxes and just smiles because. On the handle of her axe, it's etched, here be monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, So you guys pile into Henley and you head to Grand Central Station? We drive. Yes. Yeah, okay, you drive. You you waddle. Oh, God. It's apparently very slow, but you you could turn on a dime. You cannot drive directly to Grand Central Station. The area around Grand Central has been turned into a traffic-free zone in the last decade uh, to reduce the amount of uh, traffic in Manhattan, especially around Midtown. And so there's this sort of like ring around the station um, where no one can drive. It's a car-free program. Uh, No buses, no taxis, just uh, foot traffic and bikes. But you can drive to Central Parking, is what it's called. And it is a massive parking lot that is directly underneath Grand Central Station. Wow. For, for about like four or five square blocks underneath it, it hangs from the bottom of the superstructure and sort of sits l- above some of the rubble of old Manhattan. So it's hanging there like a sack. So is it is it submerged yeah. in water? Like I guess I I guess I've never really. I would encourage you how... to not think about it okay. too hard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Some of this will become clear in the next okay. couple minutes, but some okay. of it is purposefully vague because okay, cool. we just haven't gone there yet. Right. Cut it. So what you can do is you can drive several blocks south from Grand Central Station and enter the underground pathway that brings you to Central Parking. This is also one of a few places where you can view demolished Manhattan. This is what's left of the old Manhattan, the city atop which the superstructure 
was built. So the lot is really big, multi-story, and as you're driving around in it, you can see, and I think you would all probably be familiar with this, that there are viewports that detail the former locations of famous landmarks in demolished Manhattan. There are uh, pieces of structural and unbreakable plastic on which are illustrated outlines of former, the locations of former buildings, factoids about life in Manhattan in the 19th and 20th centuries. And you can see that tourists, right, this is a very popular tourist location. It's one of a very, very few places where you can actually see underneath the superstructure. So tourists crowd a lot of these viewports. But uh, as you park the car, you park Henley, you get out and you start walking towards um, Grand Central Station above ground. Uh, if you walk long enough, you could find one if you wanted to look through. You can. I want to look. Okay. So you go, you know, there's one that's crowded. There's another one that's crowded. You can't elbow your way in. You turn a corner. There's a few more. But finally you see one. There's like, you know, a tourist family that's there. They're all, they're talking um, in Swedish. Um, and they leave and you can, you can see that it's pointing I guess this would be pointing due south um, because you can see an outline of the former location of the Flatiron Building. And there are factoids about how this is a bastion of Chicago-style architecture that was installed in Manhattan by a uh, Chicago-born architect. Um, you can see a ghostly image of the Empire State Building, the top 20 stories of which and the spire uh, you're very familiar with. Those were reconstructed to exacting detail on the Empire State Building as it stands on the superstructure. But you can see what the original building itself used to look like. And there's a little illustration of what what the outline was, how the windows were placed. But beyond the very few friendly and inviting doodles, mostly what you can see through the structural plastic that you're looking through is just rubble. It's just it's like a foot high city. It's really dimly lit in a lot of places from some of the windows and other viewports like this that are kind of dotted around the city. And some of the sidewalls of the superstructure are trans transparent or translucent in places to let light in from the sides. Mm, but mostly you see dark, a lot of detritus, one former lot of some former building indistinguishable from another. And there are neighborhoods, whole sections that you can see from this slightly high vantage point that are still underwater that there are parts of old Manhattan that are still swimming because, you know, since the tides rose, they haven't gone down. So there are places at the edge that you can see the river just leaking in and all of this in a slightly hermetically sealed superstructure, all sort of like it's just it's condemned. They've tried really hard to make it celebratory with talk about history and um, tradition and how New York was founded and what great cultural things used to be here. But it just looks like garbage. You can see that there's you can't see any there's no human beings. There's no person, nothing even evoking humanity. You know, they say it's not open for visitors because of safety concerns, but they never say anything more than that. So, of course, everybody has all their own theories about what sorts of things actually, in quote fingers, go on in the superstructure. But as far as you can tell from right here, it's not much. It's just dirt aging. This is so much creepier and, and, and more eerie than I imagined. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lash, after uh, kind of, she had to actually like squat a little bit to look through the, look through the thing. 
uh, turns to uh, Lux and says, not good. <laughs> Lash, we've been here hundreds of times, and you've said that every time. I just got to reinforce that. Not, not good. good. Not good. I can yeah. see why they called it a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, Lash. People are still saying hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. It's back and forth. Not good. His legacy. Uh, Okay, so you guys exit Grand Central Parking um, via an elevator onto the street level, and you look up uh, once you're above ground to the monstrosity that is the rebuilt Grand Central Terminal. This is a history that you all would know. In the 30s, Grand Central Station was completely condemned. The once palatial gateway to New York, having survived one climate disaster, but just barely. It was way too big to elevate out of the city and rescue to mainland New Jersey. It was too expensive to maintain after the climate catastrophe. And it was way too old and too big and too complexly built to give it a proper structural overhaul or once over once the quakes and the floods happened. So in a massive ceremony, the building was completely demolished and then over 16 years was totally rebuilt. And so the Grand Central of 2101 looks nothing like the Grand Central of 2019. It is by all accounts a much too large, ultra-contemporary monstrosity. As the world reeled from climate crisis, there was this mostly bad faith effort by cities and corporations and real estate developers and architects to green often literally the megastructures that they built that they felt were necessary for city life. Uh, So instead of rethinking the idea of massive buildings and giant resource drains and overpopulated cities, they were like, oh, we'll just, we'll make the giant buildings more green. So here sits rebuilt Grand Central, a glass and faux marble orphan of cubism. It's just these multiple almost disassembled Rubik's cubes of glass and stone stacked atop one another in a very strange arrangement with terraces of shrubbery and like tiny islands of trees placed as some kind of like half apology for the blight of this giant angular mess. Grand Central is, as it has always been, a train station. It is also, unsurprisingly, a shopping mall. It's a giant, multi-floor, privately owned public park, indoor park. And that is all owned by Sater Krupp, who was the one who bankrolled the reconstruction of Grand Central after it was demolished. Uh, There are also condos in Grand Central Station. Lots of them. It's multiple addresses, and there are multiple office parks, too, inside of it. So there is a lot of office space. There are a lot of companies in there, the largest, of course, being Sater Krupp. But by some narrowly passed legislation, a small percentage of new construction in Manhattan is required to be made available to locals, to local community members, is how the ordinance is worded, at below market price for retail, for business, for community centers, for living, for recreation, for all kinds of stuff. It is in one of these very small but legally obligated spaces that you can find Savreda 
Stones and Foci, which is the business that Yuri sent you the information about when he told you that he needed you to go meet his friend Irina. So the way that you get to Severa Stones and Foci is by going down a long, skinny hallway that has a live wall on one side. You know, it's like someone smeared a Chia pet all along one hall. Yeah. Living wall, yeah. Yeah, and you like walk by and some wheat just brushes by your face and, you know, you have some orchids who are like orchids rubbing up against your shoulder. And at the end of this hallway, there's a, an elevator and you push the button for the elevator and it opens and you get in and there are three buttons and they are not labeled by floor. They are labeled by business name. And the third one, the highest one says... Severa Stones and Foci. Is that where you go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you hear a light whir. Uh, this is maybe the newest, nicest elevator that you've been in in a while. Like this place is, it's a shithole in one sense, but it is extremely well kept up in another sense. You can tell that Seder Krupp takes this property very, very seriously. So the elevator whirs and opens. And when it opens, it opens into a very small steel cage that you can't see beyond. It's painted a very deep, royal purple and you all leave the elevator and you barely fit inside this little cage but there's a very small porthole uh, in the door that's in front of you that's built into this cage that you can slide open does someone slide it open Lash slides it open. Lash, you when you slide it open, you see uh, like it's just bright blue light and you see uh, like a bunch of cases and stuff and you see like a bunch of pinpricks of bright bright color, but you can't really make anything out. Mm. But as soon as you do this, Lux, next to you, you hear a little squawk and you hear a voice come through and uh, the voice says, Irina speaking, who's there? Hey, uh, Yuri sent us. Um, we oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. And you hear a loud buzz um, and lash. You can feel the latch that you're holding on to sort of vibrates a little bit and the door is now open. We go in? We walk we go in. in. So when you walk in, the room is very long and skinny. It's not much wider than the cage that you just left. There's a narrow pathway down its center. It's clean. There's very clinical light blue carpet. You can see a small kitchenette and what looks like a multi-level, like a multi-shelved shrine in the back right corner of the space, that is the most chaotic. Your eye is drawn to it immediately because that is the most sort of chaotic, standout feature of this room. It's dense with plant life. It's got a bunch of statues on it. You can see that there's incense that's burning, so there are little wisps of smoke. The rest of the room is brightly lit, as you saw through the porthole, with these lamps that are hanging from the ceiling and they're big dome lamps that cast this doctor's office level bright blue light and they're in a pattern of a like a U shape around the glass cases that are in this room the center pathway that I described is lined on either side with curved glass cases they're almost kind of bubbles they're like bulbous and if you were keep to keep walking straight, you would hit another glass case. So they form a long, skinny U, and the lights are lined up all above them. In all of these cases, there are rows and rows of very colorful, like just 
Gems, rocks, minerals, figurines, statues, charms. And they're all placed at exacting distances from one another. They're all very, very neatly labeled. The walls of the room on the other side of all of the cases, on the sides and the far wall, are similarly lined with thick glass shelves that are packed full in a much more helter-skelter style, less exactingly placed. Um, Small trinkets, marbled, bulbous shapes, strange rings, things that you're not sure if they're jewelry, you're not sure if it's a charm. Some of them are ringed. Some of these stones are ringed with artfully sculpted pewter and gold. Some of them are pressed into these medallions that look like they came straight out of a kiln or a forge. You can see a few pens. You can see a few knives. You're pretty sure one of these things is a comlink charm. (laughs) And you can see when you look closely that a lot of these items appear to be floating. And some of them actually are floating. And at the end, at the end of the, at the bottom part of the U, straight straight ahead is a middle-aged, muscular, very broad-shouldered woman She's wearing a gray sweatshirt, and she's got long, thick, wavy black hair. She sits there behind that counter of her hallway-like mini-museum. She's got a visor on with a jeweler's loop on it, and it's pushed up on her forehead. She has a small mat on the counter in front of her, and on it is a a complex arrangement of uh, very colorful cards. They're in like a very specific arrangement. She's sort of not frantically, but like purposefully moving them around and looking at them. As you approach and you get closer, you can see that they are, it's a very well-worn deck of tarot cards. And um, she looks up and she sees you and she's got like a bright look on her face. Her eyes are wide. She looks like she's excited to see you. And she says, she says, ah! Come in, come in. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's uh, it's always a little dirty, but uh, just um, give me a minute. And uh, uh, you you said you, you already sent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, hmm. he uh, he told me you would be coming by, but uh, if I had known that you were coming by today, I would have you know I don't know made cookies. Uh, but uh, here, uh, come, 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 come. And she waves her hand very purposefully in a slow arc over the the pattern of cards on the mat. And as she waves her hand over them, it's kind of hard to think about what happened. You don't really know when the moment it is that it changes. But at some point while she moves her hand, the cards just turn from a very strange geometric arrangement into a very neat deck. And she says, we have a lot to learn about one another.
are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to ad-free episodes, our Discord, our bi-weekly post-episode chat show, Fun, Chatty, and more. Head to patreon.com forward slash funcityventures. And of course, thank you to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. If you like the show, you can give us a rating on iTunes, tell your pals about it, or just come say hi to any or all of us on Twitter. I'm Bijan Steven, and I am TK. Um, you can find me online at Bijan Steven on Twitter, which is B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or on Instagram, um, and you should just Google that. I'm Jen De La Vega. I am Viv. You can find me online at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but just replace the S with an R. This is Nick Garcio. I play Lux Scythe. You can find me on Twitter at N-G-U-E-R-S-H. Um, and Instagram at N Gercio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shodell, S-H-O-D-E-L-L. This is Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad boys. I'm at Taylor.biz. My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter at Fun City Ventures. Fun City was recorded at Fortunate Horse in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rugnetta. Pixel Riffs knows exactly how to unpeel a banana. The show's music is by Sam Tyndall. Our art is by Tess Stone. And our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit, and Kestrel. The voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton.